You want to say something just so I can t- make oh. sure it's working? Yeah, sorry. I thought. <laughs> okay, it's lo- it's looking good. I was just waiting for you. No worries. It's I lo- thought you it's cut looking- out and I was getting worried for a sec. How was your 4th of July, Grant? It was quite number four. It was it was quite four-y. Hmm. Four, four, I don't know. Four-ish. <laughs> trying to think of how I could have made it more four-year. Um, I was going to make a math joke, but I'm not sure if you'd understand it. I was going to, I think I was going to understand it because I was trying to make probably a similar joke, but I okay. noticed that I was not well informed enough to do so. <laughs> so I just stopped. <laughs> I was, I was, my joke was going to be, you could take an integral transform of it, it might become four-year, but. Hmm. Hmm. Did you do anything interesting? Or did you just kind of chill out? I'm going to be honest, the answer is absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> did you do anything interesting that you want to share? Yes, I I do need to take a drink of water to prepare myself. Oh, jeez. This is going to be big, I bet. <sighs> so Aaron <sighs> wanted to go see fireworks, right? Uh-huh. Which makes sense. The 4th of July is historically like a pretty big family event for her. Uh, and, and so she was just sort of missing that aspect of going up to her cabin and seeing a whole bunch of people. Um, so lacking that, we at least wanted to go see fireworks. The fireworks in the city are up in the kind of touristy part of town. So uh, uh, along the bay, of course, but... From here, it's about three miles to where the fireworks were. So there mm-hmm. was there was a decision to be made about how we were going to get there and how we were going to get back and when we were going to try and get there if we were worried about crowds or finding finding a place to be in general. Um, we had initially we had made tentative plans with one of her friends to go together, and then that ended up not working out. So we figured, well, we're not going to get there early because. The original plan, had the friend been able to come, would have been I drive them and then come back with my car and then maybe walk over there or something like that. And we mm-hmm. were going to do a whole big picnic situation for the day. Mm. But w- with that, I wasn't going to... It probably would have been fine. I probably could have left Aaron there for an hour while I drove back and then walked back or something like that. But we, we weren't really in the mood for that. So we ended up deciding that we were just going to uh, leave here in time to uh, get to the fireworks and just, you know, we knew one way or another we'd find some place to see them, uh, whether it was just standing or whatever. It didn't really matter if our goal was just let's get over there and see fireworks and then come back. Mm-hmm. So I started, we, we began walking um, over there and then... Erin was, her her back was feeling a little off and she didn't want to keep walking. Because again, it's a three mile walk, which is, you know, a bit. And, uh, you know, it, uh, we ended up getting a scooter for Erin, a lime scooter thing. And so she uh, oh, she went off. I forgot that those still exist. Yeah, right. And I kept walking. Apparently Erin ditched the scooter right around the time that she got to the very touristy area because it was just too crowded. Uh, which which makes sense, and still left her probably half a mile or so until the park that we were trying to get to, uh, and and I ended up getting there. Luckily, it didn't. It, it was it was totally the right decision to get there in just in time fashion, because 
you know, it wasn't, it, it was busy, but Aaron successfully found a good spot in the grass with, you know, it was totally fine. And I showed mm-hmm. up, you know, a, a little bit later cause I was walking, uh, <laughs> and joined her. Um, so it was cool. Uh, I will, I will say more about the fireworks specifically, but on the way back, you know, the whole thing around this was, you know, we knew we didn't want to deal with like a car or anything because it was going to be crazy. And it was, the traffic was absolutely insane along this road that we had to walk. Cause all we had to do is walk along a single road that goes around the bay in or just kind of along the shoreline of the bay. And we just walked the entire way, um, on the way back. Again, Aaron's back wasn't super great. And so we kept thinking, oh, do we want to get this, like, there were the pedicabs, those guys, you know, where they Mm -hmm. have a a bike with a little trailer behind them. And, you know, we were tempted by it, but it was going to be like $40 for us to do it, which didn't Mm -hmm. seem quite good enough. Uh, So we eventually, a lot of the scooters were already taken up. They were snatched up by other people who got there before us. So we just kept walking. And, and finally, maybe a little more than a mile away from our apartment, we finally came across two scooters that were very well charged. And so we go to get it. And then I discover the lovely thing, because I have literally never used one of these scooters. I downloaded the app in preparation for the day and went through mm. it all and discovered a wonderful, wonderful user interface feature, which is that they do not tell you that you need your ID until and there's no place to put in your id information until you are in front of a scooter ready to scan it and Mm. since my entire plan for the evening was walk with a couple of drinks across the city and then walk back without purchasing anything i didn't have my wallet on me Mm -hmm. and so once again aaron and i had to diverge paths because i could not check out a scooter because i didn't have my driver's license with me Mm -hmm. so Erin went off on her merry way on her scooter, and I ended up in a sort of, like, tired, just days, jogged back. Because, like, it was just like, I just want to get back. It's like it's like 11 o'clock at this point, or, or getting close to it. Yeah. And, yeah, no, I think it was, it was 11 p.m. at that point by the time we got to those scooters. So it's like, gosh, I just, I just need to get back, so... So yeah, though that was the transportation situation, um, which was a whole thing, uh, but we, but we made it. I'm glad that we did it, um, and we will hopefully have sl- at least be more aware of the situation next time. Maybe plan ahead a little better. Either you know get a seat ahead of time at some restaurant that overlooks the bay, or just get mm-hmm. there earlier. Do the whole picnic thing now that we know what the situation is liable to be. Mm-hmm. So, but the fireworks in general, it was, it was pitched. We didn't actually know this about them, but they are, as the announcer said, a pyro musical show. Oh. Yeah. Got all that synchronization to music. And what was kind of funny was they launched the fireworks off of two separate barges. And Aaron and I reasonably thought that this was going to make one huge fireworks show. But actually, each barge is its own show that's just the like it's the same show being done twice in two slightly different locations. Oh. Because they're about half a mile apart, probably. Maybe, yeah, probably about half a mile apart. So that way, 
you know, not everyone in the city has to crowd around one very specific location. You can, if you want to stay close to the waterfront, you just kind of pick your general location and go one or the other. Uh-huh. Which is actually kind of cool. It's been a while since I've seen the sort of musical firework thing. And it was pretty well done. There were a few songs that were particularly impressive. The downside, though, of doing this in San Francisco is it was characteristically foggy. Mm. And so if you think of your traditional fireworks show, you can think of it as sort of two-tiered, where you have the main large bursty fireworks up high, and then the sort of accessory, smaller, sparklery kind of things down below, right? Uh So everything down below, you could see crystal clear, and everything high up, you would get a cloud of fog lit up from behind in a particular color. And then you'd see the bottom third of the spreading out sparkles appear later, (laughs) which made for a very (laughs) funny effect. (laughs) It was cool. Like, it looked cool, but it was very weird to get used to at first. Uh, But Uh so so that was a funny uh, aspect of it. So, so yes, that was my, that was my firework situation this year. Nice. Yeah. Sounds like you still enjoyed it, although tiredly. Yeah, I'm glad we did it. I was I was a bit of a yeah, I wasn't as enthusiastic about the whole day thing as Aaron was. Uh I just I was I wasn't feeling mentally or physically prepared for it. Because mm-hmm. it was like at first we were think Aaron was like, "Oh yeah, we should get there at like because we also this is another uh, logistical wrench is that we had to pick up one of Aaron's friends from the airport around 1 p.m." So the original, original idea was get to the park at like noon-ish. After I drop them off, I go get the friend from the airport, and then I go walk and meet them there. Ah. Which would be just an immensely long day. That would have been a lot. Yeah. Uh, So I'm glad we didn't do that. We got the friend from the airport, and then we were thinking, oh, maybe we could go down there early like after we get the friend from the airport like two or three but then then the friend who's going to come with us decided not to come and so then it was like just well i guess we will uh (laughs) just not do it then right away Mm -hmm. uh so which i think ended up being the right decision for us yeah nice yeah i think it's but it was the first year in three years that i really saw a good fireworks show yeah did you see fireworks other years or just like they weren't very good well last year i saw a handful i was up at aaron's cabin because we were back in minnesota but aaron had sort of passed out in the afternoon and we we were sleeping in a tent near the waterfront uh because the there were a lot of people up at the cabin and so we got sent to a tent um and so aaron had fallen asleep in there and when fireworks started, I eventually I woke her up, but they were pretty minimal, and we stayed in the tent because it was very very buggy outside, so we didn't we didn't see too many. Mm-hmm. The year before that, I was invited to some uh to hang out with some people from work uh, at a beach and then at one of their houses, but then the event at the house ended up being more of this person from work's friends that were not work friends. And so it ended up being like, oh, there's a whole bunch of these people and I know two of them out of 12. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I was just, and I'd been there, we had started at like 11 a.m. at the beach 
And so by the time it was like 7.30 p.m., I was just drained and ended up going home before fireworks anyway. So I didn't see any two years ago. Oh, Mark can't hang. I can't. Oh, not with a whole bunch of strangers. Yeah. Uh, unless I'm in the particularly right mood, but I was not prepared to be in that particularly right mood because it had been pitched as a chill day with a handful of people who I would mostly know. And yeah. it was that for most of the day until it was around dinner time and then all these random people showed up. So, Yeah, it was that until it suddenly wasn't. Exactly. So no ill will towards the host, of course. It just uh, ended up being too much for me. But yeah, yeah. it was a... Uh, it was nice to go this year. It's, I, I, I don't know, just like I was explaining the other week about trying to have a bit of excitement around my birthday. Mm-hmm. This is just kind of nice. I think, I think I was in being excited, excited for my birthday. I also got into this weekend as well and wanting to make the most of it. Okay. Get those good three day weekends and make them fulfilling. Mm hmm. So. Can you hear all my background noise? Um, I can hear a little bit. What is it? Should we just... I can just keep ignoring it if you want. No, you gotta tell me what it is. Every time you talk about fireworks, there's fireworks start going off. Started about three minutes ago. Wait, like actually? <laughs> yes. Oh, that's funny. I can't hear them much. It sounds more like someone knocking on your door. Okay. Like distant. Mm-hmm. So, nothing to worry about. Okay. That's funny, though. <laughs> yeah. I just, like, started laughing because you said the word fireworks, and then, like, a couple seconds later, they started going off, and I was like, God dang it. <laughs> what can I say? Uh, I have a way with words. Yeah, I guess. In a way with the universe. Maybe mm-hmm. you're a, a psychic or something. Maybe. Who would have known fireworks would be going off tonight? Like, what are the chances? I don't know, man. At, le- at, at worst, one in 365. Yeah. Yeah. But there's just a little something. It just it just feels a little more likely right now for some reason. I can't quite put yeah. my finger on it. It's it you know why it feels that way? It's cuz you're you're uh you're feeling the ebb and flow of the universe. Hmm. That must be I'm it. I'm certain. I'm certain of it. That must be it. Like yeah. On a totally separate note before we proceed, I uh gifted myself a a fun thing i at least i think it's fun which is i was uh looking at a couple of different discs because yeah i already told aaron that now that i'm into disc golf that's a very easy gift for ever is to just ask me for a list of things that i may want a couple of discs here or there of oh you know i started out with the super cheap version of this disc and so i'd like to have the nicer version of it so that it doesn't get beat to heck immediately like a bunch of mine currently are like a couple of mine are already all but unusable because the cheap plastic kind of breaks in and loses its characteristics pretty quickly mm-hmm. so 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 i had a list of a few discs that i wanted and i was kind of going down the rabbit hole of more niche third-party retailers who uh will do very fancy dyes on their disc, for example. Ooh. So I discovered this is not what I purchased. So let me give you a little example here. Go to this 
website. I will put it. Where's the best place for me to put it for you? Skype. Skype? Okay. Incoming chat. Here's the website. To give you an idea of what some custom disk dying can look like. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Well, is this just my computer or all of the... Okay, no, it's just my computer for a sec. I was like, wow, these are low-res images. <laughs> but then now it's much better because those are complicated dyes. Jesus. Yeah, this uh, this uh, group is out of Minnesota, actually. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, so this is really cool custom dyes, but I was thinking, you know what would also be cool is just a custom image, right? Someone has to do that. Ah. And mm-hmm. sure enough, funnily enough, one of the larger manufacturers of discs, a company called Dynamic Discs, and they're actually one of the two companies whose discs I purchased a starter set from, and I really like them. So uh, I I've, I discovered that they offer a service where you can place an order for a disc through this program, and you just email them with your order number and the image that you want put onto the disc. And they have oh, a very God. cool... A dyeing process it's not even it's not technically dye but it's a it's a fancy image stamping process that keeps a lot of uh like that is it's not like putting some stamp that will easily rub off or something weird you know it's like a pretty cost efficient way of doing things to the point that any custom disc like just a disc itself from them is probably between 15 and 20 dollars right mm-hmm that's about the price of like their more high end uh, plastics, and uh, any disc with through through this custom image program is thirty dollars. Hmm. So you just like and and they operate at scale, but they're still able to have this little side thing of basically give us ten extra dollars and we'll put any image on this from scratch that you want. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did. I found it was a cool image. I actually use it as my desktop background right now. I just kind of like uh-huh. it. It's a, it's kind of a, a a funky pop graphic art of a of a little forest in kind of the mm. kind of the evening in summer is how I would describe it. Mm-hmm. it it's just kind of cool. It's a fun little image, and so I got that on a disc, and it just arrived today, about three hours after I played disc golf. <laughs> <clears throat> So I am excited to go out this upcoming weekend for my birthday and give it a try. Yeah. Perfect timing to build anticipation. Yes. I, w- I was tempted to get one with the Comical Start logo, but I oh. uh, decided if I was going to spend $30 on one, I should probably do something less branded right away. Yeah. Next one. Next yeah. one. And then you can lose that one a lot. Maybe. I have actually haven't lost a disc in quite a while now. Wow, the store the stories have big stopped. Change. Well, this is this is the thing. You look at the scores that I've gotten on my course because I I uh, keep a track on my phone. There's a good app for this. Every single time I play, I keep track of what my score was, and you can clearly see the downward trend. And with that downward trend comes a lot more or a lot fewer lost discs. Mm-hmm. So I've been I've been very good in not losing discs over the last couple weeks. Good, good boy. Yeah. Until I play on some new course at some point in the future, but as long as I'm sticking with this course, uh, actually, what did what did help? I think I told you how there were like no fairways; everything was just a small path, and there's lots and lots of tall grass. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It must be in preparation of fire season or something, but a lot of it has gotten mowed down. 
so it's actually there's way more more flat open area where you're, it's pretty hard to lose a disc now than it was when I first started playing there. So now mm-hmm. it's really it's really trees that are your problem, not the tall grass. Okay. Actually, funnily enough, this weekend I did throw it straight into a tree. I didn't notice right away. Uh, and then I finally looked up after I was done searching the relevant area, and I was it was like 15, 20 feet in the air. But luckily, a lot of the trees around it. here are very climbable yeah. because they do not go straight up. Most of them, like the tr- the main trunk, maybe gets five feet up, maybe not even five feet up, and then everything from there are thick branches going out at like 45 degree angles mm-hmm. every which way. So it's very climbable. And I was able to get up high enough to shake the relevant branch to get the disc out. I was very proud of myself. Nice. Yeah. Better not go falling out of any trees. I, I did think about that as I was climbing. Uh, I was <laughs> like, wow. I uh, I was kind of re- leaning in to like shake this branch and, it, and I wasn't high enough. And I was looking, I was like, yeah, I really do want to go higher, but man, this is going to make for a really bad story if uh, either I have to tell Aaron that I fell or someone else has to tell Aaron that I fell. <laughs> I was going to say, I bet somebody <laughs> along the line would be real pissed if you hurt yourself falling out of a tree. I, I would be among them, but luckily it did not happen this time. So, Oh, geez, don't say that. <laughs> All right, well, I've done a lot of talking. I think it's time for you to read a comic, which will... F- for the first time in many, many months, involve a lot of talking. I see that, yes. Good luck. So we got The Other End by Neil Coney for this week. In the scene, we have a a boy and a girl, and the boy is sitting nervously at a desk or a table with his feet up on it and his hands kind of clasped in front of his mouth. The girl is standing behind him, holding a piece of paper and reading. And she says, Dear Fresno Chemical Company, I am writing you today to discuss the recent changes you made to the mascot of your delicious, cheesy pop snack balls. You see, Charlie Cheese has been a comforting, almost parental presence throughout my youth. His gentle antics and colorful mazes never cease to delight me. Yet last week, Charlie was replaced by Chad Cheese, some teenage bobcat miscreant with manic with the manic eyes of a heavily caffeinated Cali Ripper. Now, I'm not against change, but it does frighten and distress me, and I can't believe you would do this. Please remove Chad Cheese so that I may escape this nightmare hellscape that you have trapped me in. Aren't you supposed to be on some new... Anxiety medication, she says, looking up from the paper towards the boy. He turns to her and says, Yeah, some stuff that gives schizophrenic racehorses, but I don't think it's kicked in yet. Wowza. You did very well, Grant. Thank you. I was like, the whole time in the middle, I was kind of like afraid I'm like, which thing am I going to totally mess up? And it not to be like bad enough that it's going to make the thing not make sense. So I don't even notice I messed up, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. But I, I assume by the fact that you said I did well, I didn't do that. So. I think the only thing you messed up was saying Kelly Ripa wrong, but I'm not sure that really matters. Did I say Kelly Ripa wrong? I think I thought you said like Callie or something like that. I could have Kaylee, done that. I don't remember. It's, it didn't Kaylee. sound quite right to me. That'd be fine. I'm okay with that. I can, I can, 
I can accept that. Yeah. But I'm excited now because I want to talk about uh, schizophrenic racehorses or something. That would be an interesting uh, topic, except it probably would wouldn't be. How would you diagnose a schizophrenic racehorse? Uh, I don't know. Uh, so I will say that the reason that this caught my eye was the Deer Fresno Chemical Company, and I thought maybe there'd be something starting there. Uh, mm. But no, it is not. What I did want to talk to you, though, after reading through this comic, was if there were any, like, mascots, like like brand mascots that connected with you. Like, what, what bits of branding as a kid were you susceptible to, if mm. any? Like... So- susceptible to or like remember the most well yeah i mean susceptible to or just have some fond memories of Ooh, um like i really remember tony the tiger which Mm -hmm. is hilarious because i never ate frosted flakes growing up like i didn't have frosted flakes i'm pretty sure until like college or something Mm -hmm. but yet i remember tony the tiger because he was just a he was a man with a or i guess a tiger with a personality you yeah know? um but honestly okay this is gonna be maybe it's gonna be weird but as a kid i loved infomercials <laughs> <laughs> like i think we've maybe talked about this before but like i i like i didn't like just enjoy infomercials like i loved infomercials mm-hmm. like the like magic bullet and that type of crap Sure. Um, or like those, I don't even know what they were, the like fancy knife set. <laughs> it's got the rockin' chop in it or whatever the heck it was. That, that, I don't remember that one. I think the one that I remember, and I don't even remember what the product was, but I specifically have this wonderful image in mind of someone making baked Alaska and it looking like the most ridiculous fake thing ever. It was probably some sort of non-stick pan kind of thing, uh, but I don't remember. But it was uh, someone taking out, you know, just out in, in just a classic suburban home. Someone pulling out of the oven this like bunt cake on fire. <laughs> <laughs> that was very funny. Easy, and everything's non-stick, so there's no messy cleanup. These are the kind of desserts you'll find in the finest restaurants. Ice cream cakes, Italian filled torts, even baked Alaska. Or you can simply oh fill your Oh, God. Cake. Yeah, the infomercial game is pretty strong. That's a, that's a, that's excellent. Yeah. So, I guess those are some of the ones that I remember most. I'm trying to think of other ones. Like, mm-hmm. like Lucky Charms. A lot of them are cereal related, I guess. That's where my mind was going is I feel like, I mean, I don't have my finger on the pulse of the cereal marketing situation right now, but I feel like cereal, I mean, I I do know that historically cereal has been a very heavily marketed thing. Oh, especially for children. Yes. But I also feel like we were in a super prime time of really good mascots and commercials. I think so. I think you're totally right. Like, you look back in antiquity and you get, you know, cosmic horrors from the marketing department. Uh, like, if you've ever seen... What? A, like, the... As in... Who are the cosmic horrors? As in the mid mid to late 90s, mascots were horrifying. 
they were scary. Oh, That's what I mean. Horrors. Horrors. Yes. Cosmic horrors. Horrors. Horror. Horror. Yes. <laughs> Who's the line to sit anyway out of it? Yeah. <laughs> 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 but yes. Um. Yes, old mascots were very, very scary. But yeah. but by the time we were kids, I feel like they had tamed them a little bit and really hit on e- each one had their thing, you know. Yeah. And Tony the yeah. Tiger had his eating frosted flakes to get super swole and win his sporting event. Um, You had, you know, a lot of them were positive things for the mascot, but the one that always stuck with me was the Trix Rabbit. Basically being like Mm -hmm. the serial version of um, Swiper or something like that, uh, where the whole thing is the kids outsmarting the dumb Tricks Rabbit. Mm -hmm. That that one I always liked. I think think for me, the Tricks Rabbit is the one that sticks in my head. Uh, But that's also because I have continued to use the phrase, silly rabbit, blank is for kids. (laughs) Like I, I continue to use that today sometimes. Yeah, um, you use that at work a lot or something? No, mostly around Aaron, I think. Okay. Uh, but I think that one, and then not serial related, is just, uh, this is not really a mascot, obviously, but just the jingle to the uh, goldfish. Uh, I I kind of mumble that to myself a lot, or whistle it out, so. Yeah. Hmm. Tony the Tiger is a good one, though. It's just hilarious to me. That was the first one that popped into my head when, like, as a kid, I didn't eat it. Mm-hmm. It, I think I would be baffled to if I was aware of the actual, like, dollar amounts of how much money was spent on marketing of children's cereals over the past 20 years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, because that's the thing. It's uh, It's not like for any individual product, money is not going into research and development. I, I know I know for a fact that yeah, yeah at a company scale there is research and development going on for cereal. I have I have firsthand information from from people on the inside to that effect over time. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, a mutual a mutual friend of ours. I, I I doubt he listens to the show, but a mutual friend of ours, his father worked for General Mills, and would sometimes get sort of beta versions of potentially upcoming cereals for them to try at home. We're going to need to revisit this offline because I have questions. Okay. I mean, I I don't really have much more information beyond that, but that is how I knew that this was a thing that happened. Yeah, okay. So, uh, but yeah, so uh, everything else has to go into marketing. Yeah. Because that's the thing with foods like that. Like, you know, you are, you can, like, everything that you do, everything is publicity. Like, even, quote unquote, coming out with a new flavor or whatever uh, is just a marketing stunt. It's, it's like, 90% designed by various marketing. So if it's in collaboration with another company, it's because their marketing teams got together and decided this was a thing they would do. For those of you interested in this phenomenon, I would recommend listening to the podcast my brother and my brother my brother and me where almost every week the oldest brother justin does a show called munch squad where he uh, gets news stories related to the quick service restaurant industry 
that are always ridiculous. <laughs> In what way are they ridiculous? Like, just the the things that you would never know existed in terms of weird collaborations between companies that make no sense a lot of it is tracking down tracking down the official publicity statements by the relevant brand representative let's call it whether that is someone Mm -hmm. who is specifically the brand representative someone who's in charge of pr or even getting some other person in the company to read some statement officially and it's always something like you know Taco Bell knows that the perfect uh, fix for your summer haze is uh, can be brought about by our excellent new partnership that we're so excited about with Guitar Center, where you can like it's something dumb. Like it's always going to be something dumb. Uh, so, so it's all it's all good stuff like that. It's a yeah. wild it's a wild world. Quality content. Quality content. Uh, yeah, man, that's serial marketing. And that's that's how, uh, I bet you that's exactly how the uh, generic versions of cereal that come in the bags uh, from your local suburban grocery store. You know, you can get uh, your, um, you know, honey, uh, honey nut toasty smackeros or whatever, like something, mm-hmm. some weird name that is adjacent and clear what cereal they are ripping off but yeah, it's your honey o's yeah but it's your giant bag that's twice as big as a box of cereal for two dollars less yeah it's because they're not marketing them at all probably yeah at least i'm sure that contributes to the cost oh i'm sure lack yeah. thereof because marketing is a real like war zone you know it is i bet if you work in marketing you got to read like the art of war and all that all them all them strategy <laughs> books <laughs> maybe i should rewrite my resume and just write has read the art of war and then just like get a job in marketing i might do it i'm, sh- I'm sure that would be sufficient right probably it's not like there's real no i would i would lose my mind if i worked in marketing i bet i mean it depends on what kind of marketing my little sister works in marketing but talking to her what she does day to day i don't think it's the marketing that would make you go crazy it's all the other random stuff but it probably depends there are aspects of marketing that i could probably do like copywriting i'd be a good copywriter i just horrible copywriter i know but (laughs) (laughs) let's what could what could you do in marketing i don't know you'd be like you'd be the ideas guy that everyone has to rein in Oh, I'd be, oh, I could do that. I could do that. <laughs> I could be the wild ideas guy. Yo, like, what if, what if we, like, uh, like, made a viral video and then, like, bought an airplane and then put jet rockets on the airplane and went to space? I feel and like. we filmed our new marketing video in space. I feel like, in general, our friend group would have the same sort of marketing tactics as, like, Cards Against Humanity. Where it's oh, stuff, yeah? the stuff that they've done historically of like, donate us money and we're going to dig a hole. And, Wait, and then, what? yeah, that was something that they did. Like the entire I'm thing totally was, it was give us a bunch of money. And if, and if we raise our, if we hit our goal, we're going to dig a big <laughs> hole somewhere. 
and, and in the FAQ are things like, well, why aren't you donating that money to charity? And the answer is, why aren't you donating the money to charity? <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Or they, uh, the, probably one of the best things they did was when they made prongles. What are prongles? <laughs> Speaking of food, I just, this just came into my head. Uh, prongles. Um, let me fi- let me see if I can find. Yeah, this, the website still exists. That's good. Here you go. I'll, I'll send you the uh, website. Oh goody goody! Oh my gosh, this is hor- horrific. <laughs> Isn't it? What oh, the, the, the heck? <laughs> right, and and like the Pringles catchphrase is "Once you pop, you can't stop." And the, <laughs> and what they changed it to is "Once you pop, that's great." <laughs> And oh my the, gosh, the, the two irresistible flavors are salt and potato and onions and cream. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> onions, like salt and potato sounds good, but onions and cream, it makes it seem like it's like onions and like Bavarian cream. Mm-hmm. Which is just, feels like it would be gross. I if agree. You, like, ooh, like real like jammy caramelized onions in a donut. I feel I could work. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> ideas Probably guy. Could. Yeah. yeah I, I ideas guy. You... Gotta try it. I should talk to my donut shop about that. See what they think. What's the deal with the hog? That's Brayden, the Prongles hog. Wild hogs are one of the only animals that will eat potatoes. Brayden loves extreme sports and lives life at one speed. Whole hog. He also loves to cool down with a can of Prongles while hanging out with his best friend, Justin Bieber. <laughs> I've popped. Now what? That's great. <laughs> oh, gosh. What type of onions do you use for the onions and cream flavor? Do you have a guess? White ones. Regular onions. <laughs> Regular onions. Oh, I like when I hover over a link, my cursor turns into a like, uh, the Prongles hog hand when he's like on salt and potato. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a real quality, like attention to detail right there. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> but it's annoying because I don't know where it's going to be clicking exactly now. This is fantastic. <laughs> wow. So there you go. Marketing. That's how that's how we would do marketing. Uh, another yeah. good marketing thing that Cards Against Humanity did, this is much more niche, but a tech podcast that I listened to, one of the people that works at Cards Against Humanity now actually does a podcast on the kind of tech-based, tech-focused relay or, uh, podcast network that I listen to called Relay FM. Mm-hmm. And adjacent to that network is a show called The Accidental Tech Podcast. And so Cards Against Humanity sponsored several episodes of that podcast a couple years ago. But the way that they sponsored it was not asking for an ad read, but mention that it's sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. And then we're going to give you a toaster. And one of the members of the podcast, this guy named John Syracuse, has to review the toaster. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a bit more history to why that's the case, but it's still just just super wonderful. I would I would be very amused if someone sponsored us and said, "Hey Grant, uh, we will sponsor you, but 
you have to um oh god please don't say review frozen pizzas unfrozen <laughs> that would be hilarious <laughs> red baron reach out to us <laughs> i told someone about that sorry i don't mean to like totally cut you off and take the window no, go for sales, it but i told someone about that like a few weeks ago uh-huh. and they thought i was a lunatic <laughs> <laughs> it didn't convince them to listen to the show <laughs> no they were like horrified that i'd even thought about doing that more or less than or like not even the fact that i did it just that i even considered it they thought i was an absolute monster and a lunatic and (laughs) it was not the reaction i was expecting (laughs) what i'm surprised that i got you to do it (laughs) (laughs) well you sent me the money like (laughs) (laughs) well i'm glad you did it it's it's one of those it's one of the Honestly, kind of few things out of this podcast that I'm like, man, that's going to be just a good story forever. <laughs> that's the one I'm not going to forget. Yeah, that's that's going to be one of the stories like when we really make it, you're going to know that it and you're getting like an interview or something. Mm-hmm. You're going to know the person like really did their research because they're going to ask you about that. No, we know. We know it's going to be real when we're like doing a live show out on the coast and people show up with frozen pizzas that thaw during the during the live show gross (laughs) and it becomes like a fan thing oh god our fans are gonna be like dying left and right of like food poisoning grant has brought lola by todd clark Uh, we have a spiffy dressed young man uh, with who's wearing a bow tie and some real rad green pants and us and some sort of a blazer suit coat kind of thing and he goes up to a window at a shop that has a older lady behind the window and it, and it says Christmas returns above it and the man uh, referencing a small blue bottle on a ledge says I'd like to return this cologne please and the woman says, reason for returning? And the man says, uh, its name? And we zoom out and change angle. And we see two real cheeky looking uh, male deer um, sniffing and grinning at this man as he reveals the name to be Musk Magnet. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Saucy. Saucy boys. What do you got? Oh, I was going to just ask, when's the last time you returned something? Or how do you feel about return? Oh, I'm just going to hear a few questions. When's the last time you returned something? And how do you feel about returns? And how do you feel like your feelings about returns have changed over the years? Feel free to answer all or none or any of the above questions. It would be really funny if since you gave the option of none, I just cut off the episode right there. I was honestly saying that that so you could do that if you wanted. (laughs) That was fine. The last thing that I remember returning personally, I I have been party to several returns, but the main, but one thing Mm. that I bought and returned was a faulty webcam that I had purchased near the start of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Because like many people, I did not get to the webcam sale situation fast enough, and so I was left with whatever remnants were on Amazon (laughs) that were not made by Logitech, which basically meant mostly crap. Mm -hmm. 
And so I got one, and it worked okay-ish, except sometimes the image would just flicker on and off and sometimes <laughs> change color temperature to be green. It was a complete mess, and it was unpredictable and never seemed to work properly. So I returned it, and I bought it off Amazon, and I learned that they have partnered with Kohl's so that you can go mm-hmm. into a Kohl's with just your opened-up item and just say, and dump it on a counter and say, hey, I'd like to return this. And they say, cool. And they scan a little uh, QR code, and you're done. And they take care of the rest. Mm -hmm. So with that discovery, I feel much better about returning things than I used to. I was not much of a returner. I would return things like clothes if they didn't fit. Um, and, And every once in a while... A, a physical good that's not clothing like like an electronic device or something like that if it was broken or just ended up not being what i needed or wanted i've returned a couple but i i don't often return things i'm not often in a position where i need to mm-hmm. so but but I, i'm a bit more willing nowadays i think if it's a big enough deal but i it it's also enough of a hassle for me like i just don't like it that I'm not someone who mm. buys a bunch of stuff expecting to return it. Mm-hmm. Which I know some people do for things like clothes shopping or whatever. They will buy way more than they actually are supposed to buy and then try a whole bunch of stuff on and then return it. Or even or even for other less interesting things, you buy a whole bunch of examples because you, you need to feel or see several examples to figure out what it is you actually want because you can't tell from being online, but I'm not that picky, so I typically don't do that. Mm-hmm. And I just live with whatever it is that I got. Yeah. So that's what I got. Can't nope. return this episode. Nope. You've already listened to it. We already have your time. <laughs>